Well, good morning. Well, I tell you what, God's so good today, and I thank God for His goodness and His grace, His blessings that He's ascended down upon each and every one of us, folks. I'm telling you, God's greater and God's good, more good than anything that we could ever imagine. I'm doing something different today on this CD, uh, and that is I'm preaching it the second time because we had a little mix-up the first time. But I felt like this is such an important message to the church and to the body that uh, we decided to come back and do it again. And I want you to, as you listen to this, you pray to receive everything that you need to receive from the Lord. Understand this, that we are in the year of increase. God's Word tells us in Psalms 115, verse 14, that the Lord shall increase you more and more, you and your children. And you are blessed of the Lord, Creator of heaven and earth. And what you need to begin to say is that the Lord will increase me. The Lord increases me more and more, me and my children. I am blessed by the Creator of the universe. Now, we started uh, starting today, and in this teaching and preaching, we're going to be talking about spiritual increase. Remember, the year of increase, everything that God made that has life in it, God made that to increase. He didn't make anything with life in it to just sit there, never grow, never do anything, because if it does, it'll do nothing but, but die and dry up, and there'll not be any a future uh, down the road for that particular thing. So everything, God desires that you and I grow spiritually. In one area that He desires us to grow in, and I think the most important one, is the area of spiritual increase. Everything that you and I need and that we receive from God is going to be based on our spiritual walk with the Lord. Now, that includes faith. That includes all the other things that goes into it. But more than anything else, it includes and means our relationship with the Heavenly Father. So, uh, we're, we're going to go today to Romans chapter 8, <clears throat> beginning in verse 6. Romans chapter 8, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, I don't know about you, but that gets a hold of me right there. I want to be spiritually minded, meaning that I'm minding the things of the Spirit, because in these things is life and peace. Regardless of what may be going on, there's life and peace. Because the carnal mind, the worldly mind, the fleshly mind, the mind that is minding the things that are opposite to God, listen to what it says, is enmity or against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh, in the carnal nature, minding the things of this world, cannot please God. But you're in, not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify or put to death the deeds of the body, now get a hold of that, put to death the deeds of the body, here it's relating to that carnal, fleshly nature, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, 
they are the sons of God. Those that are in a spiritual relationship and are growing spiritually, it's evident that they are the sons of God. Now, we got to realize and we must realize that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to follow me what I'm going to tell you, where we're getting to with this. Our body being the temple of the Holy Spirit in in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, he says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore, or because of this, glorify God, both in your body and in your spirit, which are God. So we, our body is the house, the temple, you might say, of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, that means that the Holy Spirit comes in and makes our spirit man alive. So we can say this, this body, we're three-part being, spirit, soul, and body, this body houses the spirit man that's to grow and, and increase spiritually. So we are the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, not only are we the temple, uh, in the Old Testament, the temple, the literal temple, was referred to as the storehouse. Now, I want to show you how much God wants to increase us spiritually. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 8, He said, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee and thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So the Lord wants to bless our storehouse, which is our, our whole being because of the Spirit of God. And then in Proverbs chapter 3, listen what else. See, the, the, the storehouse was not only referring to the temple, but he also referred to it as a barn. Now listen what he said in, in Proverbs 3, uh, verse 9. Honor the Lord. With thy substance and with the first fruit of all that thine increase, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst forth with new wine. Our barns. Now, I was thinking about in, in this uh, uh, teaching about uh, what to uh, call this and uh, and you know, this lesson. And one one thought I come up with was the song that I sang at Christmas, which is "Come and see what's happening in the barn." And I'm wondering today, is there really anything happening? in your barn as far as spiritual growth. But I didn't want to be offensive to anyone and call it a storehouse, that the storehouse was going to increase or get bigger. Because, But he didn't say he'd increase our storehouse. He said he'd increase us in the storehouse, what goes into the storehouse. Now, as we think about that, the storehouses, the barns, this body being the temple of the Holy Spirit, and God wants to increase what's in that temple, which is our spiritual walk and our spiritual relationship with Him. Now, when you got born again, the Holy Spirit came to live within you. He's there. He's in you. He's, he's working in you and moving in you. But so many times, He gets suppressed, and we don't go any further with the Holy Spirit in our spiritual walk. There's a parable that I want to share with you that, that really uh, I'm fixing to do something that's not homiletically correct, but I want to use this for an illustration and help us to understand the things that we need to realize in this. In Luke chapter 12, verse 16, he says this, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, 
the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Now, we want our spirit man to produce plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And see, here's a question that so many has that we have. Uh, I haven't got any room for the more of the Holy Spirit in my life. There's too much going on. I don't have any room. Well, you can't build a new body. So what you need to do and what we're going to see is there's things that we need to understand that there needs to be a renovation of the temple. See, we're fixing to renovate our church building here so that we'll have more room. We, you know, we could take out the sound booth and we wouldn't have that much more room, but we can renovate the building so that we can accommodate more people, that we can accommodate more things for the glory of God, and that we can see the glory of God stronger in this place than we ever have before. So we need a renovation sometimes in, in our spiritual barn and our spiritual storehouse. And to do that, there's things that may need to come out and be moved so that we can uh, renovate like we need to. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Thy food this night, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. Now, I want to tell you something. God's not going to kill you if you don't follow through with this. But let me tell you what, it's, what this guy is saying. Now, here, let me give you the, the exact uh, uh, homogesis of this uh, Scripture. And it's simply this, that a fellow said, because he was blessed of God. Now, listen to this. He was blessed of God, and he said this, Look what I've done. Now, folks, we've we got to realize that we haven't done it when it comes to the things of this life. The things that God's blessed us with, it's not been you and I. You may have worked extra hours. You may have done this. You may have got a raise. You may have, but listen, we've got to come back and give all the credit for that to Almighty God and let Him be honored and blessed in what we do. But this man's great sin was not in having abundance. His great sin was in the fact that he was thought he was self-sufficient and that he needed nothing else, that he had much to do. Let me tell you, see, you don't find one thing in here about him saying, Oh, look, I've got all of this, and I can help the poor. I've got all of this, and I can tithe off of it. I've got all of this, and I can help my local synagogue. They need a new building. I've got all of this, and, and, and but what I'm going to do, I'm going to hoard it up and keep it for myself. And I have need of nothing. I have need of no one. I have need of no need of any substance. I got it here. Now, spiritually speaking, a lot of people feel like that when they got saved, they got everything they needed and they don't need nothing else. Now, let me tell you, that's not so. You got, now, you got the Holy Spirit in your life, that's for sure. You, the Holy Spirit came in and, and to live within you. Your name was written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. But my friend, let me tell you this. Even though you may have got the Holy Spirit at that time, the Holy Spirit didn't get all of you, and we know that because we've had battles and difficulties and things. And, and so many times we begin to quench the Spirit of God, we begin to grieve the Spirit of God, and we begin to pile other things in 
in the way to where that we're not able to grow spiritually and go on with the Lord like we need to. So many people are living a defeated life because all they got was saved and that was it. And they're defeated in their life. They still have hang-ups and habits and things that, that have come from their previous life. And folks, we, you've got to get out of that. And the only way that you can is by giving yourself completely to the Holy Spirit. See, you, you got the Holy Spirit when you got saved. But the Holy Spirit does not have all of us that we need Him to have. See, it may not be a fact that I need more of the Holy Spirit, but we're going to talk about a baptism that comes with that, an anointing. But let me tell you this. I want the Holy Spirit to have all of me. I use this illustration a lot, and I, and I think it's so. If I go, if I go to uh, Pat's house, and I'm sitting, and he comes, and we go in, and he says, Look, here's the kitchen and the dining room. Here's the living room. Here's your bedroom that you can sleep in, and here's the bathroom. He's brought me in, and for the period of time I'm there, I'm a resident. But as a resident, I have limited access to that house. He didn't give me the privilege to open the cabinets, go in the refrigerator. He didn't give me the privilege to, to, to do the laundry, thank the Lord. He didn't give me the privilege of, 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 uh, of spending his money or, or correcting his children or, or conversing with his wife uh, other than just on a friendship basis. He did not give me any of that because over there, I'm just a resident. But when I come back over here to 36 Panther Street, folks, in that house, I can go any room I want to. I can do anything I want to do in that house. I can spend the money. I can correct where I need to. I can converse with my wife. I can do all of these things because over at 36 Panther Street, I'm the president. And when you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in as a resident. I'm here to tell you, He wants to be more than a resident. He wants to have all of you. He wants to be the president. And that's where we've got to come, that we grow into that point to where that He has more, all of us, that we need Him to have all of us. So we give ourselves fully and completely to Him. Psalms 92, 12 says, The righteous shall flourish and shine forth as a light. The righteous. That means this, that because I'm the righteousness of God, then I'm supposed to flourish, and the only way I can is by allowing myself to grow spiritually. But many of us have stopped growing. We've stopped producing. We're not doing what we need to do. We're going just growing up a stalk. Maybe have a bloom, but we never produce any fruit because we have stopped growing. We've not fed ourselves the spiritual uh, plant food that we need so that we can grow and produce thereby. Now, I want more. I want the Holy Spirit to have more of me so I can realize more of the power and the presence of God in my life. I think back about people in history and people in times, and, and I've been reading a book about Smith Wigglesworth that, is, that has awakened me to so many things that I'm lacking in. Now, folks, we need to realize that because of the power of God on this man's life, that there was great miracles took place everywhere that he went. But here was a man wholly given to God. His, he had allowed his barn and his storehouse, his temple, to be full of the presence of God by moving the things out that didn't need to be there. He had a hunger for God. That started when he got saved. And, he, and when he died, some of his last words were still, I still pursue God with every breath of my life. Now, folks, I think about Moses. Moses wanted more. 
Moses wanted to be in a relationship with God. And you think, well, what kind of relationship did he have? But look at this. There has to be a desire for more if you want more. If you don't want any more, you're not going to get any more. And you'll continue to live life in a miserable kind of a that defeated attitude. But if you want more, there can be more. But there has to be that desire that you can have. Listen to this. Moses had some great experiences with God. Experiences that you and I probably never will have anything like it because of, of the greatness of what God accomplished in that. Moses... Talk to God at the burning bush. I, I've never had an experience like that. I've never had God to speak to me and say, take off your shoes because the ground on which you stand is holy ground. See, but, and not only that, but he's seen the hand of God in the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt. All those mighty works that God did, all those things that took place. Then they come to the Red Sea. Here Moses held out a rod, and through that God parted that sea that the children of Israel could get across on dry land. Produce waterfall. Moses saw all of these things. They came to the mountain. Moses went up on the mountain. And there God gave him that first set of commandments and talked with him. And, and he actually ate and fellowship with God. Now, folks, listen. Here's a man that says in, in Exodus chapter 33, listen to what he said. Let's read this. Exodus chapter 33, beginning in verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, Thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, listen what he says, If I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that thy, this nation is thy people. And he said this, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carest not up hence. For, when, for wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people upon the face of the earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Now listen, here's a man that is standing here interceding for the nation of Israel. God had done said, I'm going to destroy them. And Moses brought these things up to God. And God said, Moses, you're right. Think about that kind of relationship with God. All of this going on, but listen to the next thing Moses said. And he said to him, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Oh, you think, hadn't he already seen the glory of God? No, he had not seen everything that he wanted to see. He, he had been up the mountain, but now he wanted to go higher up the mountain. He had been in the depths of God, but now he wanted to go deeper. He had run with God, but now he wanted to run faster. He had walked with God, but now he wanted to walk with God like Enoch did. Listen, folks, I'm here to tell you, he had spent nights with the Lord. He had spent days in His presence. He had seen the things of God that you and I only dream about ever seeing. He came down to this time. And yet there was a lot more that Moses was going to see. But here Moses turned and he said, God, all of this has been good. All of this has been wonderful. I want to see you. I want that personal relationship with you to be greater than it's ever been in my life. Think about that this morning, church. Wigglesworth. All the things that he saw, all the miracles that took place, he come back and he said, I know God. I choose to know God by the Word of God, not by all of these things. And folks, I'm here to tell you, Moses had seen all of this. He came down to this part 
And he said, Lord, show me your glory. You think, didn't he see the glory of God in the burning bush and in the deliverance of the children of Israel and the Red Sea and all of these things? Now then Moses is saying, God, I've seen all of this. I know your works or your power, your might, your majesty. Oh, but there's a desire within me to have a personal, deep, personal relationship with you, Almighty God. Show me. Just show me your glory. Listen to what the Lord said. Verse 19, and he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me. Get a hold of this. There is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. Other translations said, Thou shalt stand upon the rock. Now here, if we want that relationship with God, we've got to get on the rock. The rock Christ Jesus and His Word. His Word, folks. Let me tell you something. If you want a deeper relationship with God, you're going to have to go through the Word. You're going to have to go through that time of spending time and getting intimate with the Word of God because this is God. Jesus said, These words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in the cleft of the, of the rock, and I'll cover thee with my hand while I pass by, and I'll take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen of thee. Oh, listen, folks, I'm telling you, God desires to show us His glory more than we desire to see the glory of God. God wants you in a relationship with Him more than you've got that relationship. I don't care what your desire is with the Lord today. I don't care how far you feel like you've gone. God desires. He has a great desire to be in relationship with you and draw you into that and draw you up like a, a, a mother hen does her chickens to have you there, to protect you, to take care of you, to show you His grace and His goodness, folks. He said, come here and stand on the rock. I tell you today, you can't get closer to God if you're not standing on the rock, Jesus Christ and His Word. You'll never get there. You can do all the things that you want to do, see all the things that you want to see. And until you get in that relationship with Jesus Christ, make Him Lord and Savior of your life, you can't go any further. You're not going to accomplish anything. And keep that salvation, folks, up to date. Up to date by thanking God and praising Him for it every day in your life and not taking anything for granted. He said, show me your glory. See, it comes down to our yielding to Him. It comes down to us allowing Him. Look at Paul. Paul had, had seen great things. He, such a miraculous salvation took place. He, he saw the Lord and he stayed blinded then for three days. He, he, Paul said, I've seen Him as one born out of due season. And then he stayed blinded for three days because of it. And then he, he went about preaching, and people began to get saved, and people began to get healed, and people began to get filled with the Holy Ghost, and all kinds of things took place in Paul's life. And then one time when Paul was in prison, he was writing to the Philippian people, and he told them, said, I, I, I don't know what to do. He said, I, I, I'm in a strait, I'm in a, a decision I've got to make, whether to go on and be of the Lord or to stay here. He said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Why? Because he knew that when he died, that he was going to be ushered into the presence of God and be able, excuse me, to see the full and great glory of Almighty God there in heaven. But he said, it's necessary for me to live here on this earth. 
Paul went through so many things and had so many supernatural, wonderful experiences and walked with God, spent hours in prayer and communion, even to the point of writing 13 books of the New Testament. And then he come down and he told those Philippian people, he said, I've not got there yet. I've not attained. I've not achieved everything I want to achieve. And then he said this to them in Philippians 3. He said, oh, that I might know him that I might know Him. I read that and I think, Paul, all that you've done and all you did for the Lord and all that you went through and you're telling me yet that you don't feel like you know Him like you need to. Paul, oh, and when I see that, I look back at David Carroll and I see, man, I'm so far away. I know I've been doing this for soon be 49 years, but folks, I'm so far away. I've not got all that I want. I've not seen all that I want. I've not experienced all that I want to in my life. And you say, well, Pastor, you just want that because you're a preacher? No, I want that because I'm His child. And I, I want to have that relationship with Him. I want my relationship with Him to be greater than it's ever been with anybody. I want to come down and I say to you today, oh, that I might know Him. That I might know Him. That I might come to the place where I know Him and enjoy Him in my life. Folks, let me tell you something. God's desire today is for us to go deeper, go higher, run further, fly longer, do the things with Him that He's calling us to do today in this day and time in which we live. We come back as we look at all of this and think about this. Show me Your glory that I may know You and the power of Your resurrection. We come back to Romans chapter 8, verse 13, and we look at that again for just a moment as we think about what He said. He said this, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Mortify. Put to death. Have a renovation. Begin to move things out of the way. Listen, when he on that mountain, he left behind everything down in that camp. He left his wife. He left his children. He left his food. He left his water. He left his money. He left his cattle. He left everything that identified him with an earthly life. And he climbed that mountain every step higher and higher and higher and higher till he got to that rock. And he stood on the rock. And on that rock, God passed by. And he saw the glory of Almighty God. Let me tell you, we've got to have a renovation. We've got to get some things out of our life so that we can give Him more of our life. That we can give Him more room. I'm telling you, folks, the Holy Spirit wants to be the president of your life, not just the resident. When it comes to God and the Holy Spirit, you don't have all you need. Understand that. You don't have much laid up for many days. You don't have all you need. Or rather, you don't have all you need for Him to have of you. You need Him to have more of you. And I want to encourage you to come before the Lord this morning and allow yourself today to allow the glory of God to come into your life. Oh, that I might know Him. Oh, that I might see Him. Oh, that I might have Him and see the glory and the power of God in my life. In Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now that You take my words, those that are listening, those that have heard, And, Father, that they turn their heart and open it up completely to You. 
Give us strength. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding, Almighty God. Lord, that Your Word can be glorified. That Your Word is powerful. That Your Word is present. And Your Word is anointed, Father. Oh, Lord, I want to know You. I want to see Your glory, Lord. Help me. Help me to lay aside more of the things of this world and turn my heart and my attention more to You. And I give You glory and praise in Jesus' sweet name I pray. Amen.